believe you're believable of God's word and believe in life. You know, humanity is to take God's word as it is. Tongues and prophecy go hand in This is Young Ecclesia Nation. Let your heart be flooded with light as you listen to the word of God in ministration. I'm Pastor Adubu Essien. God bless you. And write everything down. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just lend our spirit to the spirit of the living God and we just ask you to pour out upon our being wisdom and insight into your word tonight that everyone here will be blessed, everyone here will be spurred to action. We are not just hearers of your word, but we are doers of your word, Lord. Let the doing aspect of us be born tonight in the name of Amen. Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. So if I say you want to turn your Bibles with me to, to somewhere, where we're going because we're going several places in the world today you know there's nothing worse than living with the cure to your ailment you know what the cure is but you refuse to do it you're getting sicker and sicker but you just refuse to apply the cure it's a terrible thing it's a very very terrible thing as you begin to talk to the word the more you meditate and interact with the word you realize that that word is actually the lord you realize that as you are talking and as you as you are as you are speaking the word over yourself as as you are intermingling the word as you are meditating on the word you realize that that is the voice of god Oh, hallelujah. I was telling someone today, I said that when you meditate on the word of God, right? That that word actually is, is I mean, there are words in a book that we call them inspired. God inspired them. It was his thoughts and he, they were put down. But then when you begin to meditate on the word of God, what happens is that those words come alive. It's not as if God is speaking to you at that point in time. Because actually he is, Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's just so much to um, unpack tonight concerning that. And um, amen, because when our value for the word grows, so does the time we spend with the word. Let me say that again. When our value for the word grows, so does our time with the word. It also grows. You know, the time we spend with the word, it also grows. So today we're going to be looking at meditation. Meditation. And there's a lot that the Bible has to say about meditation a whole lot that the word has to tell us about meditation, this wonderful thing called meditation. Yesterday, you know, I kept on saying that, I, I kept on saying that we, we have to become doers of the word. In other words, the word is not just supposed to be something we hear to tickle our ears, have itching ears, but it's supposed to get a result to us actually doing the word, that we spend time with the word and we get to a place where we are doing the word. And I said, we have to hold ourselves accountable to what we hear, that when we hear, there has to be an accountability to say, this has to manifest in my life. This has to change. There must be change in my life. I must see change and improvement in this area in my life. We hold ourselves accountable and we decide to stay on that word because there's a word provided. We stay on that word until we see the change. Because you see, when you sit down the word, every word, every, every text that we study is like a mystery that needs to be unfolded. You are looking at on the surface level, but you see what will change you is inside that same word. What you med meditation is like unlocking, un opening, unraveling the word, you know, and it gives you instructions that actually help you to make it a life. Glory to God. So today we're going to look at a few verses of scripture, a few texts on meditation, and I'm going to show you how to meditate. Uh, some of you are already getting it, but um, I'm going to show you how to, we're going to meditate and Honestly, I, my desire tonight is to get lost. I don't care about, see, I don't care if you're hearing me or not. My desire is to get lost, like in the meditation, as I may, I'll be meditating out loud. So I, I just trust God to be lost. That's my number one desire tonight, to just be lost in, in the meditation. Because as I go, I just want to be lost. Because 
And so we're just going to go into that thing. And I, because the best way for me to, we're going to be looking at the scriptures of meditation and we're going to be meditating on the scriptures. And from those scriptures, we're going to be producing the sermon for today. <laughs> Glory to God. So I want you to pick your Bibles. You understand? Pick your Bibles because it's going to be a wonderful ride in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So we're going to talk about meditation, right? Now, what it means, how you do go about it, you know, and everything. And, and I'm just going to trust there's going to be so much that the Lord is going to unpack for us. So Genesis 24, verse 63. Let's look at the first place we saw meditation or the word to meditate. It says, or from verse 62, actually, and Isaac came from the way of the well Lahoiroi, and he dwelt in the south country. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the eventide, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. So look at this. This is the story of Isaac when, you know, they had gone to get Rebekah and Rebekah, you know, was being brought. Since Isaac went out to what to meditate. The word meditate actually means, okay, it's actually to, it means to muse, to muse. In other words, to be deep in thought, you know, to muse, to, to just be musing on something, to be, to ponder, to be deep in thought. Now look, it says Isaac went out. So he, he left where he was. He went out to meditate. He didn't stay inside when he went out. He separated himself from what was around him and he went out to meditate in the field. You understand? So he went into a place where he could meditate, where he could ponder, where he could get into deep thoughts, where he could get lost in thoughts, where he could just zone out of everything and just stay there. And he went to meditate in the field at the, you know, in the evening, right? When it was cool. And he lived, now look at it, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, behold, the camels are coming. The way he says, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, behold, the camels are coming, is that he was so lost in thought, then so along the line, is like, okay, and he looks up, and oh, camels are coming. Okay, wow, wow, wow. In other words, it tells that when you are in the place of meditation, there is a, there is a zoning out, there is a getting lost in that place. There is a meditation, there's, there's a spend, there's a pondering, there's a bubble where you are close to everything else. And you're also focused on this one thing where words just seem to immerse you because words are a world on their own. The words seem to draw you in. You understand? When you get engaged in words. Now, if you've ever been, if you've ever had a fantasy um, where you were just lost in thought about something, lost in thought and your imagination just went wild, in a sense, you were actually meditating. You are, your mind was absorbed into something. You were absorbed into another world. In a sense, you were meditating. You understand? Now, let's go to an, the next place where we see it, it is Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. And it tells us, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. So we see that meditation actually, um, it says, You shall meditate therein day and night. It shall not depart out of your, out of your mouth, but you shall what? Meditate. No, it says, It shall not depart out of your mouth. So what is the opposite of it departing out of your mouth? It means you are not meditating. But it says, It shall not depart out of your mouth. So in other words, it means that part of meditation is to speak, part of meditation is to talk. Part of meditation is for the words that you are meditating on to be found in your mouth. It says, but you shall meditate therein what day and night. Here the word meditate is a is a much is a richer word, hagar, in the in the you know in the Hebrew. It says to murmur, you know, in pleasure or something, to ponder, to think upon. You know when you see ponder here, you want to go into the English dictionary and look for the meaning of ponder. Because sometimes I've noticed that in meditation, what unlocks meditation to use words? 
what unlocks it, it, when you are meditating, what unlocks it further to you is when other words come in to replace the word that you are using. When other words explain the word you are meditating upon, there's a word you are meditating upon, and other words come and explain that word. For okay, well, we're gonna you're gonna see it now. So the word ponder here is to think about something carefully. Are you seeing that? Is to think about something carefully. So in other words, you're not thinking about something carelessly. It's not something that just popped into your mind and you let it stay there. No, it is something that you deliberately put in your mind. It is something that you deliberately fixed in your mind, in your thoughts. So what, what does that mean? It means that that thought was not there before or it was hardly there, but the goal is to what? To think about it carefully, right? To fix it carefully in your mind, to take it from where it was in the word and put it there, that it will grow in there, right? Aha. Uh -huh. So it's to, to think about something carefully, to think about it carefully, care. In other words, the word, in the word care, there is, a, there, is a, there is a delicateness to it. You are careful. You are carefully taking that word. You are thinking about it. In other words, your focus. Meditation requires focus. Meditation requires blocking out other things. Meditation requires separation, which is why yesterday I was saying you cannot be distracted while meditating. You cannot be in the flesh while meditating. Meditation, notice that Isaac went out to meditate, right? He left what he was doing to meditate. So when you are meditating, you cannot say, I want to meditate and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be around all this nonsense music playing around me. You understand? I'm going to meditate and I'm on Instagram and social media. No, I'm going to meditate. I'm watching TV. I'm going to meditate. I'm adjusting with somebody. No, no, no. Isaac left his tent, right? He left his tent, he left his servant, he left everything and went out to the field to meditate. So it tells you that you must be in a place that is quiet, in a place that is quiet, in a place that there is no distraction, where you can just sit down and meditate and you can just think carefully about what, you know, the word of God that you want to stay on. You can pick something from the Bible, you can pick some text, you know, as I'm reading, there's some text you can pick and then as you're picking, you pick those texts and you put them in your mind and you begin to think about it. You begin to think about it. I'm not going to do that very, very, you know, shortly. He says, this book of the law shall not, what? Depart out of your mouth. It shall not leave your mouth. That means you always be found, what? Saying it. It will not depart. means you always be found, what? Saying it. You always be saying it. It shall not depart. So you can say, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. It shall not depart. It shall not. It will not. This book of law, it shall not. It cannot depart. It must not be found departing. It cannot depart. I will always have this word in my mouth. Every time I'll be saying this word, I'll be speaking these words. This word will always be in my mouth. I'll always be saying it. The word, whatever it is, I'll be saying it. I'll say it and say it and say it. Notice there's repetition in this meditation. I'll be saying it. I'll always say it. I'll always talk about it. It must always be on my mouth. Right? It says I will meditate what therein day and night. Day and night. Meaning continually. So that means... I must talk about the word, what, day and night. I must be speaking the word to myself day and night. In the morning when I wake up, I, instead of going to my phone, I will pick, you know, my Bible and I will study and I'll begin to say the words to myself. I'll begin to say I am a child of God. I'll begin to say I'm a son of God. I'll begin to say I have the life of God on my inside. The life of God is inside me. I always have that life. That life always shows. It's inside me. It cannot go away. I will meditate on the word of God day and night. In the afternoon time, I will meditate on that. I will think upon the word. I will keep the word Day and night means there is no break in meditation. It, it, you know, other activities might come around, but then what do I do? I make sure that that word is in my heart. I make sure I read enough of the word that it stays in my head so that when I have any form of break, when I'm walking, I'm doing anything, I can go back quickly and I can think on the word again carefully. I can remember the word. I can 
take it in my mind. I can take the word apart and I can remember that I must meditate on it day and night. I must have the word in my mouth consistently. I must keep saying the word to myself. I will say it over and over again to myself. I will think about it. I will ponder on it. I will stay on the word day and night that I may observe to do according to all that is in it. So he's saying here that if I don't meditate on the word, now there are other words for that word meditate actually. There's other words, there's ponder, there's imagine. And that word for meditate is imagine, right? So he's saying here, as long as it says this book of law shall not depart from your mouth, it will be found in your mouth, but it will also be found in your thoughts. It will also be found in your imagination. So in other words, it means to meditate, my imagination must be involved. After a while of talking and talking and talking on the word and, you know, and, and thinking on the word, as I think on the word, think on it, think on it, what happens? I begin to imagine. I must be involved. My mind must be there. My emotions, my thoughts must be there. My whole focus must be there. It must be, it must be straight and narrow. I can't allow any other distractions come there. My imagination goes there. Uh, you know, I, as I'm saying, as I'm, I, if I say, let no evil speaking come out of my mouth, I, I, as I keep on talking, I say, let no evil, no evil speaking must come out of my mouth. Anything that is evil doesn't come out of my mouth. Things like evil, things like curse words are evil. So curse words don't come out of my mouth. Things like, you know, um, violent words are evil. So violent words don't come out of my, word, my mouth. You know, things that are lies, you know, are evil. So lies don't come out of my mouth. I keep on saying these things to myself. As I say it and say it and say it, I think it and think it. Eventually, I begin to see myself saying the right words. See myself around people saying the right things. You know, it's an involvement. It involves my emotions. It involves my mind. It involves everything about my, me. At that point, I'm in a quiet place. I'm separated from other people, you know, who are you know, distracting me. It also means that I must make out time to do it. It may be earlier in the morning when everyone else is quiet, where I, I know I will not be disturbed, when I know when my mom is going to be calling me to, you know, give me chores. It may be late at night when everyone's asleep, where I decide to go and meditate, you know, where I just sit down with the word. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, where I just sit down on the word. I just sit down with the word because the word is him. He is the word. So I sit down on the word. I sit down with him in a quiet place, separated from everybody and everything. And I sit down with the Lord. I sit down with the Lord and the Lord talks to me as I speak the word because he is his word. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oosh, kapa, na, na, na. I speak the word. As I speak the word, I meditate on the word. I think on the word. I imagine, you know, the word. I imagine the Lord speaking to me. I imagine the Lord giving me, you know, these things. I imagine saying these things. And I, I just see it changing me. I see the word changing me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I, ah, ha, ha. Oh, tanika la paradise dozi. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. I meditate on the word. I stay on the word. I see the Lord seated in my heart. I see the Lord seated in my heart. By meditation is how I put the Lord in my heart. How I fix him in my heart. How Latino knows is how I fix the Lord in my heart. How I put him firmly in my heart. Oh, thank you, Jesus. David said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. I have embedded your word deep in my heart. I have put you first in my heart. I have hidden you so much in my thoughts and my imagination that there is no room for sin. There is no room for other thoughts. There is no room for anything else. There is only room for you in that place. There is no room for anything else. It is by meditation I make you the number one in my life. I put you in my heart. It is my meditation I stretch my heart to accommodate more of you. Meditation is how I, I accommodate more of you, more of your presence, more of your love. It is, it is in the place of meditation I, I, I expand my mind and thoughts to accommodate more of your infinite awesomeness. Oh, glory to God. Oh, 
Oh, the Lord Jesus is here. The Lord Jesus is here. Strong. His presence is strong. Oh, his presence is strong. Oh, in the night watches, I meditate on your word. Oh, I see you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> oh, what the Lord says is, you can't just meditate on the word I not, and not see me, says the Lord. When, when he says, I'm seated at the right hand of the Father, you will see me seated. You will also see yourself seated with me. You will see it. You will see it. You will not just read it, but you will see it. <laughs> you will think about it. You will imagine. You will ponder on it. You seated with me in glory. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I meditate. I meditate. I meditate. He says, day and night. Day and night. Continually. Continuously. Continuously. It means that if I am going to meditate day and night, then I must prioritize. I must not have distractions. I must, in whatever I do, I must realize he is first. So I meditate on him because that is how I fill myself with the fullness of God. That is how I make sure that God is on my mind continually. He says it's carefully, you meditate carefully, you sit down on the word carefully. You must carry the word with you. I ponder on the word, to ponder on it. I fix the word in my mind, in my thoughts. So wherever I go, I carry the word. I may not have my Bible with me, but I always have the word with me continually. And I'm always thinking about the word. That's how I'm thinking about you, Lord. I'm thinking about the word. I'm thinking continually, continuously about the word. That's how I'm thinking about you. I'm just thinking about the word thinking about the word, thinking about the word. I'm lost in the word. Glory to God. I'm lost in the word. You get lost. You get lost. You get lost. You can stay there for hours. You don't even know where you are because you are lost. Oh, because you are lost. Oh, Jesus Christ. Because you are lost in the word. Oh, my God. It means to study. And that word for, that word, you know, where it says it shall meditate is to study. In other words, it's a critical observation of the word. Where I, when I'm staying on the word, they start with me pondering. But to ponder on the word, I must be, I must meditate, I must be focused, I must be looking at the details of the word. You understand? I must be looking at the details. It, it makes a lot, it, it means a lot that I must I must be observant when I'm studying the word. I can't meditate without being observant. You must be observant as you are meditating. You must be thinking about the word. That means you must be picking them word for word. What does this mean? How does this play? You know, what is this saying? You meditate on it. You think about it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. For that is a doorway to manifestation, says the Lord. That is a doorway to manifestation. That is the doorway to a clear mind, says the Lord. For you have said my mind is not clear. And I cannot work miracles. I cannot even flow in the prophetic. I can't even receive details. It says because your mind is clouded. Because you've not allowed me to find my pure place or my place in your mind. He says by meditation, you clear a pathway for me, says the Lord. And your mind will always be clear. If you can always carry the word around, the Lord says, I did not design you for your mind to be empty. I didn't design you to walk around all day with your mind empty or full of the wrong thing. I designed you to full of my word, that my thoughts are continually in your heart. My thoughts are continually in your mind. As you go around, you have my word. When you are just, you are conscious, you come to, you say, no, no, no. You take the word and put it in the mind and begin to plant. You plant it there. And then your mind is like the soil that allows it to grow. My word is like a seed. Your mind is like the soil. When you plant my word in your mind, continuously, you plant and then you plant it in the morning when you study the word and you observe clearly and then you stay on that verse. You repeat it in your mind till it stays inside. Then you take that verse with you throughout the day and you begin to water it. You begin to think on it. You begin to ponder on it more. You begin to imagine it more. You begin to work on it more. You begin to think on it more. And what are you doing? You're watering it, watering it. Eventually, it's going to start to sprout. That green is going to pick out of that soil and you will start to see the fruit in your life little by little till it grows and grows and grows and grows and becomes a mighty tree that cannot be uprooted, says the Lord. That is how you spend time in meditation. Oh, hallelujah. Is someone learning something tonight already? Is someone learning something tonight already? Thank you, Lord Jesus. You may take day and night that you may what? Observe to do. 
that you may what? Observe to do. You may observe to do. That word observe is the word, it means to properly hedge it, you know, into guard. It says is to guard, is to protect, is to be careful, right? So what is he saying? He's saying that, that this book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on day and night, that you may what? Observe, that you may guard it. That he says that, in, look, let's remove the guard, that you may do everything. But he's saying that there will be a guard. In other words, it's, there's a protection around, around that thing. You will make sure, <laughs> you will make certain. It will not be something you leave to chance. He's saying that if you meditate, that doing the word, right, will not be left to chance. It's not something that will, be, will, will you know, will, will be left to, you know, maybe once in a while, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't work. It will be something that is continually done. You will make sure. That's what it means to guard, to attend to, to be circumspect. You will make sure you do the word. So the same. He says, if you meditate, if you stay on the word, if you think upon it, right? You will, he says you, that you observe to do, you will make sure you do. Are you seeing that? So how do I make sure I do? I meditate. How do I make sure I do? How do I make certain that I do the word? I meditate. So how, if, I, if I'm going to be doing the word continuously, I must meditate. If I will be ensured that the word of God is a doing thing for me, I mean, it means that if I don't meditate, I will not do the word. If I don't give myself to continuous meditation on the word, I will not be a doer. Because think about it, when I'm always thinking on the word of God, if I'm always thinking of the word of God, if I'm always, for example, thinking of walking in love, thinking of the scriptures on love, what happens is that if it's always on my mind and then the opportunity presents itself to love, guess what will be my response? What is in my mind? It will come as a response. It will find roots. It will sprout. Oh, glory to God. It will sprout. Are you seeing that? It will sprout. That you make, will make sure to do, right, according to all that is written. He says to all, to everything. In other words, he is saying that there is no word there, there is nothing in the word that applies to us as believers that fails the test of meditation. That meditation is the sure way to actually bring a reality to pass. It is a sure way to ensure that the word of God leaves the pages and becomes a life. It is a sure way to make sure that the word of God is not just something found you know, in a book or just found in, in, on your lips, but it's something that is is proven it is it has flesh and bones in your life people can look and see no this person does it are you seeing that he says this book of law shall not depart shall not leave your mouth so you are continuously saying it that is how you are sure you how you make sure i'm saying because i'm just thinking on the word you understand i'm thinking of the word consistently oh day and night day and night that i may observe that i may be sure to do it according to all that is written. That means nothing is left out. So you cannot say there's any area of my life that is not bound to the word of God. No. The reason it's not bound is because you've not, you have not bowed to the word. You see that? Your circumstances will only bow to you when you bow to the word. Are you seeing that? They only bow to you when you bow to the word. They only, you only lord it over your circumstances when the Lord or the word is lord over you. And how is the word lord over you? By meditation. That is when, because look at this, the, the, what is the center of your being? You, your spirit is, but what is the place of value of decision and everything? It is your mind. So if the Lord does not have rulership over your mind, over your thoughts, over your emotions, over your feelings, then he cannot rule your life. If the word cannot dominate the seat of power, then it cannot be expressed. So how does the word dominate? The word dominates <laughs> by meditation, by pondering. By taking the word and putting it continually in your mind, by staying on it, 
you stay on it and stay on it. You repeat it to yourself over and over again. You see, this book of the law. Of course, we know that the law is talking about the laws of Moses. But then you can substitute that because this is a principle that will work for the word of God generally. It says this book shall not depart out of man. It can't leave. It doesn't leave. Right? And that place, God would, uh, you know, Moses would say, write them, bind them on your forehead. Right? He talks about the word. He said, bind them on your forehead. Write them on your arm. Put them on your doorpost. In other words, I must keep the word of God around me to meditate. If I want to ensure that the word is always in my mind, I will always put it before my eyes. If the word of God is to stay in my mind, I will spend time with it, but I will always put it before my eyes. I'll put it as my wallpaper, as my screensaver, as my desktop wallpaper. I will write it somewhere and paste it where I'll see so that I, as I glance at it, I remember I have to meditate and I take out just two or three minutes from my busy work schedule and I just sit down and ponder on the word. Just repeat it to myself. In my, just keep on repeating to my mind and asking myself questions about the word and, and listening and I'm meditating. It's an opportunity. You will take every opportunity we can to meditate. That is, now look how he says. He says, he says, for then thou shalt make your way prosperous. He says, you, you will make your way prosperous. In other words, what is holding me back from being prosperous? Me. Why? Because I don't meditate. So what area of your life have you been, have you seen, have you lacked prosperity? It is you that is holding yourself back. Not anybody, you. And prosperity is not talking about money alone. It's talking about general flourishing in every area of your life. In other words, you will bear fruit in every area of your life. So you say, if you're not seeing fruit in any area of your life, whether it's your health, whether it's your finances, whether it's um, relationships, whether it's whatever it is, whatever it is, whether it's love, whatever it is, it is because you are not given to meditation. My papa once said something. I was in a meeting. He said, your prosperity is not from your job. It is from the word. He said it again. He said, your prosperity is not from your job. It is from the word of God. For a man to say that thing, that is a person that has eaten the word. That, is a, that thing does not, let me say, that thing doesn't just drop the way it just dropped like this, your prosperity is not... When I, I heard it, I screamed in my mind. I wrote it down. You see, if it's even here, I'm like, look at it right there. You know, it, it's, not, it's not... This was not gotten from normal... Just he did, There's no verse of the Bible that says this. <laughs> there's no verse. It is from engaging the word. You engage it like this, that wisdom flows out. Meditation is the realm of wisdom. Meditation is the realm of wisdom. It is the path to wisdom. If you're not wise, it's because, because you don't meditate. When you meditate on God's word, you know, it brings wisdom. It, it just opens up doors and channels for you of thought. As you begin to think on the word, you begin to realize and see things in the word. You know, meditation is a series of realizations that leads you to light. It is a series of realizations that leads you to light. The more I realization, more some light comes. The more I realize some light comes, then as I keep on realizing more light till it floods the whole room and I can see no darkness. So in other words, meditation chases away the darkness. Is there any dark area in your life? Meditation is what drives the way. What is the tool of meditation? It, because you must meditate upon something. The world's meditation is to clear your mind. But no, meditation according to the word of God is to fill your mind. To absorb the word in your thoughts, in your thinking. You absorb the word. You absorb it till you are full. You are so full that other thoughts are looking for room to express themselves. Other thoughts are looking for room to express themselves. And because God's word is truth, is inspired the word of God, there's wisdom in every nugget. There's wisdom. You meditate on scripture. You think about it. You think about it. It makes you wise. <laughs> it makes you wise. It makes you wise. It makes you wise. So why should you meditate? There is wisdom in meditation. There is wisdom. 
You understand? Wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. You just know what to do. You understand? That wisdom is, or wisdom is what, like, is, is that what to do, correct application of how to go about it, how to go about this. It is in the place of meditation on the word of God that the how to becomes clear. You say, I've been struggling with masturbation and pornography. I don't know what to do. It is in the place of meditation on what God's word says about you. It's in that place that the wisdom of what to do or how to go exactly about it is unlocked. Oh, I've been struggling with healing. I, I don't, I, you know, I've been trying to be healed of this. It is in the place of picking the scriptures on healing that the word of God has said and, and on divine healing. You understand? It's in that place, the more you, you focus on it and you think about it, that is the place where those scriptures unlock the wisdom that brings your healing for you. That is where the instruction on what to do to, for your healing to manifest comes. Glory to God. Is somebody being blessed? Some being blessed. We're just going to be meditating. That's what I'm going to be doing. Today is meditation day. Oh, hallelujah. He <laughs> says, you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have what? Good success. Good success. Right? The, the funny thing about the word, that the word there is sakal. It also means wisdom. Right? It also means understanding. <laughs> it also means to teach, to instruct. So in other words, you have good instructions. You will prosper. You have good success. You will be taught. You will understand. You will have wisdom. <laughs> it also shows, it also talks about being guided. So you will be guided. Are you seeing that? So in other words, it says that if you meditate on the word of God, Right, what will happen to you is that you will not just be prosperous, right? Which is profitable. Actually, that word prosperous is actually to, to push forward, to have breakthroughs, to break out of something. So you are seeing that in that word, you know, in, in actually, in, in, you know, you make the word prosperous. That word prosperous is actually loaded too. It means to, you can, it also means to break out. In other words, if there is a limitation on your mind, if there's a limitation of mind that you can't, you're not able to believe God's word or believe what God is saying about a situation or a circumstance, when you begin to meditate and stay on the word continually, day and night, you stay what? Until, consistently, you keep on hammering and hammering till you what? You break out. You break out of situations. In other words, if there is a limitation in your life, it is because you have not engaged the word of God to produce, to grow. Remember that scripture that we read that said that, that the yoke shall be destroyed because you have grown so fat, right? Aha. If you want to apply that in these terms, it's talking about that, that the more you stay on the word, you grow. There's growth. In other words, spiritual growth comes by meditation. Spiritual growth does not just come by hearing the word. Spiritual growth comes by meditation. Actually, it comes by doing the word. So what does that mean? It means that when I intermingle with the word and stay on the word and the word has roots in my mind, in my soul, the word has roots and it begins to flourish. I begin to do the word. That is how I begin to grow. So spiritual growth is not about uh, how much knowledge I have. No, it's about how much of the word I do. That is spiritual growth. Yeah, And Peter will say that, I said, as little children, he says, he says, crave the sincere milk of God's word that you may what, grow thereby. That milk is, you know, if you think about milk, right? The sincere milk of God's word, right? He calls it milk, right? Now, milk can just mean that it's milk, but think about a mother, right? What does a mother do? A mother eats food, right, that the baby cannot eat, and she eats, and it is broken down for the baby to drink. You understand? So you can think about it that that that, that milk would act, is is not. <laughs> do you understand? That milk is not just the word in raw form. That milk is the word broken down by meditation. That milk is the word broken down by meditation. When you stay on the word and it becomes milk, and you just suck, it just enters right. You know, medicine, right? For example, Panadol or drugs and everything. You can take it like a hard substance, the hard one, and chew it and or whatever, or swallow it, and it will take time to break down to your bloodstream. But you know, they can just inject you with that thing right there. <laughs> just inject you. That is meditation. It just goes into the bloodstream. Hey, it hits you. 
light and then there's a breakthrough you break out of that situation you break out of that circumstance you break out of that problem yes 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 the problem the reason why you have not you know had breakthroughs the reason why you're still complaining about the fact that you're broke i can't trust god i can't trust people you've not picked god's word up you've not sat down on god's word consistently you've not sat on it enough till it has provided a breakthrough in your mind you've not done that for when, for that is where there's freedom, says the Lord. That is where there's freedom. In that place where you stay on the word, you sit down on it day and night. Day and night. Day and night. Meaning continually, continually, continuously. You can wake up in the morning and meditate. You want that in your mind. You take it down. You can write it on a piece of paper. Put it on your phone. As you go out through your day, you bring it out again and look at it. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. You pick it out. You know, and you read it. Now, let me say this. When you are meditating, there are lots of thoughts that will begin to come. There's lots of wisdom that will begin to come. There's lots of broken down. The word will be broken down. The Spirit of God breaks the word down for you. It's opened up in your mind. What do you do? You take that word and you write it down. You don't let that wisdom go to waste. You, you, have, you should have books on meditations where you write down God's word. You, you know, it's broken down for you. Oh, glory to God. It's broken down for you. And then let me say this. From time to time, pick out, that, pick out what you meditated upon. Pick it out and then look at it again and enjoy the wisdom. Enjoy it. Apply. Enjoy. Apply. Hallelujah. So you shall make your way prosperous, profitable. I seen that. You have breakthroughs. <laughs> oh, gratana galadadagadas. And you shall have what? Good success. You have wisdom. You have prosperity. You know, there's intelligence. Actually, and that word is carefulness and even intelligence. <laughs> there is intelligence that comes with the word. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Good. Now, let's look at another text. Now, this is just the first two verses. Glory to God. First two verses. Let's go do some more meditation. Psalms 1, chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, right? Scornful, that's the mockers. But his delight is what? In the law of the Lord. And in his law does he what? Meditate day and night. Why is his delight in the law of God? Because he meditates. How do I get the word of God to be delightful to me? I meditate. I take the word of God and I ponder. I think upon the word. I imagine the word of God. I, I let it stay in my mind consistently. That is how I delight in. That's how I get excited. If you have been saying the word of God is not exciting to me, how do you get yourself excited? It is by, you know, pondering on the word. Now, why, why, why is the word exciting? Because the word comes alive. That is why it's exciting. Because it comes alive. It's no longer just text hidden in print. It is now in life. It is now someone talking to you. It is now, there's, there's this source of wisdom that comes. So let me just meditate on that verse. So it says, blessed is the man. He says he's blessed. Why? He does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the seat of sinners, or in the stay on the way of godly in the seat of sinners, nor sits in the seat of, of the scornful. But his delight is in the law. And he, now look at this. So he is blessed because he does not walk in the way of sinners. Right? Why does he not walk in the way of sinners? Because his delight is in the Lord. In other words, if I don't want to walk in the way of sinners, if I don't want to stay in sin, if I don't want to live a sinful life, I will meditate on God's word. I will stay on God's word. So how can I be free from sinful life? Right? Is by meditation. In other words, if I force God's word in my mind consistently, then I will not have to deal with other thoughts that will come to my mind. If I continually stay on God's word and those words, you know, brood and I brood and brood on the word, what it does is that it provides a kind of shield, a kind of guard in my mind against other kinds of thoughts. 
Are you seeing that? And automatically, I will not be found with such people. Because I don't live in sin, because I don't live like this, I automatically will not be found with the wrong crowd. How do I stay away from the wrong crowd of people? I stay away from the wrong crowd of people by staying with the word, by meditating on the word. You understand? Because in the word, I will find out, it says that my delight is the law. I meditate on it day and night. Why do I meditate day and night? Because I'm delighted. You see, so that means meditation is not a chore. Meditation is a delight. It is something that I enjoy because it's a delight. It delights me. It excites me. Are you seeing that? You get, you know, I, it increases my desire for it. I find it valuable because that word is delight. Actually, that word can also mean pleasure. So in other words, the word of God is pleasurable to me. It is enjoyable. I enjoy the word, right? I enjoy that is why I can spend time on the word, like what Alexa said today, that she just one hour passed. Because you delight in it, you just see yourself taken by it. Oh, glory to Jesus. He says, and his Lord does he what meditate day and night. Day and night. I delight in the word, so I meditate on day and night. Oh, I delight in the word. Oh, I delight in the word. So I stay on the word. I stay on the word and time passes. I don't know when time passes because I delight in the word. I'm excited by the word of God. As I just listen, as I just read it, I read a text like, it says, you will never leave me nor forsake me. And I say, really? Oh, you said you will never. You will never. Never means never. Never means it will never happen. Never means I will not wake up and realize you have left. It will be continual. That means I'm assured that you cannot leave me. It says you will never leave me nor forsake me. You cannot throw me away. That means no matter what happens to me, whatever I do, you cannot throw me away. Oh God, you know, you begin to think about, wow, that means that I have an assurance that you cannot leave me. Men may leave me, women may leave me, but you can't leave me, Lord. You can't leave me. That is how you meditate. You ponder. You repeat the words in your mind consistently. You keep repeating it, repeating it, repeating it. You keep repeating the word, repeating the word. Till it finds root. So you see, in meditation, you start with repetition. You read that thing over and over. You read it over and over. As your mind starts to ease up into the word, as your mind begins to remember it, then what happens? You begin to pick them one by one and begin to ponder on the meaning of those words. What does this one mean? You think about it. You think about it, right? But his delight. Now, this one, when I meditate on it, you don't say his delight. Meditation is supposed to be personal. So you say, my delight, <laughs> Are you seeing that? Blessed is me that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is me that does not stand in the way of sinners. Blessed is me that does not sit in the seat of the scornful. But my delight is in the law of the Lord. Woo! And in the law, in his law, do I meditate day and night. So in other words, right now, it doesn't look like I'm doing it, but I must meditate on it day and night because I delight in it. Because I delight. After this meeting, I will go and meditate even this night. I will spend like 20 minutes or 30 minutes and I will just sit down on the word. I will take away distractions. I'll put my phone away and I will just sit down on the word and meditate and stay on it because there is a delight. I'm delighted. Oh, glory to God. And look at what he says. Verse 3. And he shall be like, no, I shall be like. <laughs> as a result of my meditation, as a result of staying on God's word day and night, that that word goes and finds root in my soul, I will be like what? A tree planted by the rivers of water. Are you seeing that? I will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. What does that mean, rivers of water? It means I always have supply. I'm consistently planted. There is no time there is lack. I always have supply. There is, you know, it's not planted in the desert or somewhere else. It's planted by rivers of water. So water is always there to water my soul. Water, I will be like. In other words, there will be, I will blossom and my blossoming will not be conditional. 
my blossoming will not be a result of anybody else's. It will be a consistent thing that I will see every single time because this is a law. It is a principle. I can try it anywhere and it will work. I shall be like, <laughs> I shall be like, when I meditate on the word, I shall be like, I shall be like a tree. I shall be like, so I will be me. I will be like me. Look at that. I'll be like a tree. I'll be firm. <laughs> I'll be firm. Planted. Who planted me? God planted me. When I planted myself by meditation, I planted myself by meditation in the rivers of water. In the word, I'm anchored on the word. I'm not moved from the word. I'm stayed on the word. You see that? <laughs> I shall be like rivers of water. Planted by rivers of water. That brings forth his fruit in a season. I will be fruitful consistently. I will always have results. There will never be a time when I don't have results because I'm fruitful. I'm fruitful. I always bear fruit. Are you seeing that? Fruitful in his season. There is always water there. My season is always every time. His leaf also shall not wither. Are you seeing that? And whatever he does shall prosper. So whatever I do, I prosper. In other words, if I can be given to meditation, nothing can move me in this life. Nothing can move me. Nothing can shake me from God. Nothing can take me from God. In every aspect of God, I prosper. In every aspect of God, I have fruit. In walking in love, I have fruit. In faith, I have fruit. If I, if I want to be a person that is known for faith, like Wiggles what? Like Christ, like the apostles, I will meditate on the word. If I want to see the supernatural like no one has ever seen before, I will take the word and meditate day and night, consistently, continually, how long? Till I see results in that area. Till that area opens up for me like a fruitful field. Till I see results. I don't stop. I will do it day and night. That's the way I make my prosperous. That's how I am like a tree planted. Oh, glory to God. By the rivers of water. That's how I bring forth my fruit in my season. My leaf shall not wither. And whatever I do shall prosper. Whatever. Now look at this. Whatever I do. In other words, there is no exemption. If I put my hand to business, in fact, and I meditate on God's word concerning business, concerning finance, concerning, and I believe God for it, if my business will prosper, I will always know what to do. There will be wisdom and instructions and intelligence and guidance on what to do. I will never be missing in what to do. <laughs> because instructions come from meditation. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. That is verse 3. Just three verses now. I've preached a whole sermon from three verses. That's how serious meditation can get. We're not done. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Now, there's this Psalm 5 verse 1. It just mentions this. It doesn't really explain it. It says, Give ear to my words. To the chief musician upon Nehiloth, a Psalm of David. Give ear to my words. That means listen to my words. O Lord, consider my meditation. The word meditation there is, is a meditation, a musing thought. But he says, consider my meditation. The word consider actually is the word. In the word there, it actually means to separate mentally. In other words, it's saying that when to consider my meditation, that is that pay attention. That means separately you will separate this. And the sense meditation itself actually has to do with that. You separate thoughts. You consider something. You ponder upon it. You think upon it. Now he says, give ear to my words, O Lord. 
consider my meditation. Now, isn't that something else? What is he saying? He's saying that when I meditate, the Lord's ears are to my meditation. The Lord's ears are to my thoughts. When I begin to meditate, God gets involved. Are you seeing that? God gets involved in my meditation. That's, that's awesome. God gets involved in my meditation. <laughs> God gets involved in my meditation. Are you seeing that? He gets involved. Wow. 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 <laughs> oh, Rapada. In case you think that that's wrong, that that's not true, look at Psalm 19, chapter 19, verse 4. Let the words of my mouth and the what? Meditation of my heart be what? Acceptable unto you, O Lord. Are you seeing that? In other words, your meditations, your thoughts, right? When I spend and the things I focus my mind on, the Lord is present. So where do I find the Lord? I find the Lord in my meditation. <laughs> if I'm looking for the Lord, where do I find him? In my meditation. I want to hear God. Where do I find him? In my meditation. Because he is listening. His ears are inclined to my thoughts. So God's activity will be found where? In my heart. In my ponderings. In my thoughts. In my meditation. Let the words of my mouth. Right? So what I say, right? What I think about, those things are not hidden from God. And in fact, God goes there, Shaman, to get involved. And the meditation of my heart. Are you seeing that? Be what? Acceptable in your sight. So what's he saying? He's saying your meditation should remain acceptable. What is acceptable to God than his word? Are you seeing that? In other words, his word must your his word must be found in your meditations consistently. What should the thoughts be? be? It should be his words. Because any other thoughts, if, if you want to, if you want to live a life where your thoughts are acceptable unto God, then you always find yourself pondering. You must always focus on God's word. You say they must be acceptable. The word is acceptable. What is more acceptable than God's word? Oh, hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. It's all being blessed. <laughs> it's all being blessed. Oh, Capra, me, I'm being blessed. If you're not being blessed, me. <laughs> me, <laughs> I'm being blessed. Oh, Gradada, Kozesha. Oh, Gratananas. Psalms 49, verse 3. It says, My mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. Okay? So he's saying, my mouth shall speak what wisdom. Actually, it will be the meditation of his heart which actually brings the wisdom from his mouth. Because thoughts precede, precede words. <laughs> my mouth shall speak of wisdom and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. Are you seeing that? The meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. Okay? It will be. Now look at this other one. Psalm 63, verse 6. Psalms 63, verse 6. Okay? Now, let's read from verse um, 4. It says, Thus I will bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. Verse 5. My soul shall be what? Satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. So why will my mouth praise you? Because my soul is satisfied. Verse 6, when I remember you upon my bed <laughs> and meditate on thee in the night watches, 
<laughs> when I what I remember you upon my bed. So why what what so what is he saying? He's saying that we must make a conscious effort to what remember. In other words, you are the one that will bring to memory, you will recall. You will recall the Lord. You will recall his word. You will bring it to your mind. Are you seeing it is a continuous, is it something that you do by yourself? Are you seeing that? When I remember, because remembering can be all oh, you're just that you remember, Rabbi. But you see, in, in another implication, you are the one that will put it there. You can just choose to remember, to recall, you know, thoughts of what you are meditating on. Are you seeing that? He says what? Upon my bed. So this is you're on your bed. Is it that you're supposed to be sleeping or maybe you slept and woke up or whatever? Well, you're on your bed. What is bed for? Sleep. But he's saying, no, as I'm there, I can't just but stop thinking about you. I just have to think about you. I just have to put the word in my thoughts. So he's saying that when you are, you are, you know, that you so meditate that even when you are, you know, you're on your bed in leisure, you will recall those thoughts keep coming back to you. How, how do I know I'm meditating very well? Because even when you are not thinking about those words, those words seem to be thinking about you. <laughs> they are just coming back. They're just coming back. They're just coming back. Are you seeing that? They're just coming back. I'm just remembering it. I'm just thinking about it. It's just coming. The pictures, the thoughts, the emotions. So I must say something about it that it involves your emotions also. As you are thinking about it, you must be, if for example, he says here, for example, verse 5 it says, My soul shall be satisfied, right? As with marrow and fatness. You can imagine, oh, my soul, maybe that's my mind or whatever. Oh, I shall be satisfied. You understand? I shall be satisfied. There's, there's satisfaction. I'm like, I'm satisfied. You know, there's, there's that calm that comes with satisfaction. You can actually produce that feeling when you meditate. <laughs> you can produce the feeling. You know, as I'm talking, let me let me let me think. There's this text of scripture that I uh, I love. I think it's um yeah, first Timothy chapter six verse seventeen. It says, "Charge them that are rich in this world." It says that they be not high-minded, that's proud, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. So uh, the time I I meditated on this thing for like two days, so I said, "So charge." That means. Charge just means to, to tell them, to declare, to command them that are rich in this world, right? That are rich where? Notice it says in this world, okay? Command them that are rich in this world. Those who are rich in this world, those who are abundant, who have lots of money and all those things. Okay, let's move on. It says in this world that they be not worth proud. So he's telling that people that are rich should not be proud. People that are rich should not be high-minded. If you have a lot of money, possessions, I have a lot of money. I should not be high-minded. I should not be proud. In other words, I should not make what I have I will let what I have make me proud. I should not become what does mean to be proud. I begin to look down on other people. You understand? I, begin, I become inflated. I begin to have an opinion of myself that is not true because of money. I begin to think that my money makes me something. I begin to think that my possessions make me something. I begin to see myself as rich. As I'm talking to you, do you know I'm imagining it? I'm imagining what I'm saying. I'm seeing wealth all around me. You understand? I'm seeing myself as wealthy, having cars, having houses and everything. So he's saying that if I have all those things, that those things should not make me high-minded. They should not make me proud. They should not make me lift up my own esteem of myself. You know, I shouldn't see myself as bigger than I am. You know, that was, it means, now look at this. It means that if I have all those things, I don't have them. I'm not different from the common man, from another man. So I should not make those things around me, make me look, think that I am bigger than another man. You see, just from that simple I'm not, do you get, I'm still just looking at that text. I'm not looking at that text. I'm meditating. He says, he says, no, now look at this. They be not 
proud nor what trust in uncertain riches now why will they why, why will i be proud i will be proud because i will trust in those things my confidence will come from them in other words even when i say that i'll be i'll be confident that i'm something i'm someone because i have plenty of things so i'll be trusting those things. in other words if i don't have those things i'm no one if i have them i'm someone so god is telling me that no matter how much i have in my account no matter what i drive no matter i should not think i'm someone that means when i say get man i should not think i'm better than that get man i should not because of the money in my account or what i'm wearing or what I'm driving and I should not begin to treat people differently or anyhow. I should not begin to despise the person in my heart. I should not begin to look down on my friends because they have less than me. And then it also means that, ah, even those who have more than me, even me, if I have nothing, that means I should not begin to look at them as something or, or something more. I should not be, because if the person who is rich is high-minded, me that if I don't have anything, I should not be low-minded. Are you seeing that? If I don't have anything, I should not be low-minded. I should not be someone that begins to think that people who have more money are better than me. People who have more money are greater than me. You understand? And I'm a nobody. I'm nothing because I don't have money. He says, no, no, no. He says, if that is the case, that means that me say I don't have the money, I'm also trusting in money. Because I believe that money is what will make me something. Have you seen that? Have you seen that? Have you seen what happens? Just by meditation, just thinking, just, just pondering on scriptures. Have you seen that? He says, or oh, trust now. He even tells me not to trust in uncertain riches. In other words, all those things around me, that money, that car, that house, those totals, my degree, university, and all those things, he's telling me they are uncertain. In other words, uncertain means they will not last. In other words, it means they are unstable. It means tomorrow they can be gone. It means that they are not stable enough for me to put my trust in. I cannot put my trust in. Even if I die, I will not carry anything away. So why should I even trust in it when I cannot carry anything away? It's not, it's not certain for me. Because it can't even protect me from death. So it's not certain. It can be lost tomorrow. Many people's stuff have been lost in a day. So I can't be proud because if I'm proud, if those things make me who I am, what if I don't have those things? What will not happen to me? Have you seen that? What happened to me? Because they want certain riches. So they are riches, all right. He says, but they are uncertain. They are material things. They are material things. They are uncertain. They are not sure. They are not stable. I can't put my trust in what is not. Why is he telling me that I should not put my trust in them? Because they are not stable. They are not certain. They will, they, they will disappoint me that day. My trust cannot be in them. In other words, even if I have all those material possessions and all those things, my trust for things in this life cannot be from those things, from what I have. can't even from my business, my trust. In other words, I'm allowed to have them. God is not saying I should not have them, but I should not trust them. I should not build my confidence in them. I should live my life in such a way that I can lose everything today or tomorrow. I can lose everything. Because the Bible even tells us that Job lost everything. Job was the richest man and lost everything. So it means I can lose everything. But my trust cannot be in those things. Rather, he says I should trust in the living God. And I remember the story of Job that you see, after everything, God restored Job back, I think, sevenfold. In other words, that means my trust should be in the one that can restore everything back and not in the riches. So now he says, I should not trust in certain riches. I should not be proud or trust in certain riches. He says, but in the living God. In other words, that God is alive. He's not dead. Riches are dead. Riches don't have life. Riches are inanimate. Riches don't think. Riches are not supreme. He says, but in the living God. In other words, there are other gods that are not living. I should not trust in them or riches, but I should trust in the living God. So if I'm not going to trust in riches, I'm going to trust in God. But not just any God, not in Shango, not any of this God. No, in the living God, Jehovah Yahweh, that one, the Lord, I will trust in that one because he's one who is alive. 
there's one that has been shown alive. I will trust in that one. In other words, I can't be proud. Like, I'm not allowed to be proud or even feel sorry for myself or pity myself because I don't have something or because I have something. In other words, if I trust in God, no matter what I have, I'll always be content. No matter what I have, I'll always be fine. If I have a lot, I don't see myself as anything bigger. If I have little, I don't see myself as anything lower or bigger. I'm just content. In other words, in God is contentment. In the living God is contentment. And I says to trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. So in other words, this living... Now look at this. I'm, now I'm going to meditate on this text. I'm just going to meditate. I'm just going to get lost in it. You understand? So it says I should charge them in this world, you know, to not be high-minded. Yeah. In this world, that has the rich in this world not to be high-minded. In other words, if I'm rich, I should not be high-minded. I should not be high. I should be proud. You should not be proud. No matter what we have, I should not be proud. You know, when I'm proud, it says that I, that means I'm trusting in uncertain riches. So I should not be proud. I shouldn't be high-minded. What does it mean to be proud? When I'm proud, it means I'm thinking that I'm something I'm not. I'm bigger. When God's word doesn't say that. So he says I should not be high-minded. I should not be proud. There's no reason to be proud. I should not let things puff me up. So even if I have, I, I start having things or friends or whatever, even, even as a pastor, right? This, this ministry has to get bigger and everything. I should not trust in uncertain riches. I should not, even if my Instagram account starts swelling and I start seeing more numbers, I should not trust in uncertain riches. I shouldn't trust in it. I shouldn't let that thing puff me up. I shouldn't become you know, prouder or, or bigger. I, start, I shouldn't start feeling bigger in my head. I shouldn't start walking differently and talking differently. I shouldn't start getting arrogant. I shouldn't, I shouldn't start talking to people anyhow. Even the young people that God has put in my hands, I shouldn't start talking to them anyhow because that will actually be wrong. Because even if I, you know, the ministry grows, it's God that brings increase. It's not about me. It, no matter how much we have in our accounts, even if we can buy a lot, I should remain humble in my own eyes. I shouldn't trust in those things. I should keep on you know, making sure I stay humble, making sure I remember the source of my wealth uh, or, or, or what the, how the ministry is doing. And that source is the living God. And so that means even right now, because he says, he's telling me here that, that, you know, that I shouldn't trust in uncertain riches, that those things are not certain, that status fame, all those things can feed. That does because I have an Instagram account or I have, um, or, or people are calling my phone, people are looking for me, people are looking at me as a healer, they're looking at that man is anointed, that man is gifted, that man can teach, I should never let it get to my head. That means people, if people come and, be, and tell me and begin to speak to me and tell me stuff about, you know, what I have and tell me that, oh my goodness, you're something, I should tell them I'm nothing. I should keep on having a humble opinion of myself in my own eyes. That means I should not let anybody come around me who is actually exalting me, you know, beyond what I am. No, I'm only what God says I am. I cannot say that. I cannot allow myself if not, I'll be trusting those things. And when I trust in those things, they are uncertain. They will fade away. That means the ministry cannot be built on things. I cannot be built, built my ministry on things. I have to build my ministry on, on God, on trusting God. Are you seeing that? I have to trust, trust God because those things are uncertain. I can't be proud. In other words, if I, how do I know I'm, I'm trusting in God? I won't be proud. And I also won't feel bad when I don't have those things. Even if those things will eventually come because uncertain riches are still riches and they're not bad. God doesn't say we should not have those things. He says, but I should trust in what? In the living God. I should trust in the living God, in the living God, in the living God, the living God. That God is alive. He's above all that God, the living God. He's alive, the living God. He's living right now. He's alive. He's still living. He's still existing. There's no other God that's existing I know of. He's the one that is existing. I should trust in the one who's existing. Because he exists, then he can actually be the one that will provide for me. My trust in him can be in him. I know that he will always provide for me. He now says, I should trust in the living God. He says, who richly gives us who gives us richly. So this living God, the Father is living, is expressing the Father he gives us. 
right? So God is saying, I should not be, I should not trust in things I have. I should not trust in those things as my source. I should see God as my source because he's the one that gives us. If I have a car, it's God that gave it to me. If I have a house, it's God that gave it to me. If I have shoes, it's God that gave it to me. I have clothes, it's God that gave it to me. I have a laptop, it's God that gave it to me. I have a child, God gave it to me. All those things, God gave it to me. And if God gave it to me, that means he's not really my own. He's the one that gave it to me. He's the one that owns it. So the reason I should not trust in riches is because God owns all riches. I shouldn't trust in them because God owns them. I don't own them. God owns them. And if I trust in himself, the one who gives the riches, then my anchor, my foundation is unsure. So I should stay on the one who has the riches, you know, and that is how I can even be sure that the things I have will be stable because he's the one. So because if I lose everything, guess what? I can get them back again because he's the living God who gives and he doesn't just give, he gives richly. Oh, the Lord gives me richly. The Lord gives me richly. He gives me richly. Oh, he gives me richly. In other words, that means if, I'm, if I want anything, he doesn't just give me. He's giving me richly, richly, richly. He's giving me richly, richly. He gives me richly, rich. Oh my goodness. I mean, whatever I want. If I want a wristwatch, he doesn't just give me any kind of wristwatch. He gives me the best kind of wristwatch. He gives me richly. He gives me richly, richly, oh, richly, oh, he gives me the best, the best, the best. He gives me the best, oh, he gives me the best. Wherever I go, wherever I go, I can walk into a store and I can believe God for the best, get the best thing there. Not the leftovers, but the best because he gives me richly. He gives me richly. He doesn't hold back. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Everything is his own. He doesn't hold back. He doesn't hold back. I see, oh, he's just giving me, he's just giving me. Oh, that also means that he's giving me more than I even want because he's rich towards me. He's always giving me more. That means I can't even contain what he's giving me. That means I can't lack. There's no time I can lack. The problem is just that I don't want to acknowledge that he's giving me. Every time I think I, I don't have money, it's not that I don't have money. No, it's that he's giving me and I'm not accepting the fact that he's giving me. He's always giving me. There are always people that want to help me and give me stuff. Give me, and not just give me, but give me richly. In other words, people want to load my accounts with money that I, I can't even fathom. People want to give me things and cars and things that I can't even imagine. They want to give me because he's the one that gives me richly. How does he give? He gives through men. So that means men want to give me richly. Everywhere I go, people just want to bless me. People just want to give me things. People just want to supply my needs. People just want to, you know, make sure I'm okay and I'm all right. God gives me. He's the one giving me. So that means I'm not limited by where I am. People from all over the world can give me things. People can look for me. People can seek me. Even today, people can look for me. I receive alerts in my account. Oh, I receive alerts. Money enters my account. He gives me richly. I don't trust in this. I, I trust him. He is the one giving me and he can give me through people. He can give me things through people. It's always him I look at and I'm trusting. So my account is always fat. My account is always full. My account is always lavish, full of money, full of money, full of money, full of money. My dollar account is full of money. My, my pounds account is full of money. I'm always full. That means in this recession, when everybody's quitting and saying there's no money, I can't say there's no money. I'm, in fact, I'm too blessed by God. It's an insult for me to say there's no money. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. I should always say there's money because it's the truth. He richly gives me all things to enjoy, all things. That means he gives me everything. That means there's nothing he holds from me. There's nothing I desire that he can hold from me. Everything I want, anything I desire, material, he gives them to me. So I can't be proud because I realize he's the one that gave it to me and I have nothing without him. I can't be proud. I can't be proud. I can't be proud. He gives me all things. He gives me everything. I have everything in him. That means if I have him, I believe he's the living God, he's alive. The Father is alive, he always gives me. 
doesn't just give me just any kind of thing. He gives me richly good things, all things to enjoy. And if I keep on meditating on this and stay on it, that means I will get to a point that I actually believe what I'm seeing. And when I believe what I'm seeing, I will always see it like this. Glory to God. Uh, uh, okay, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. Wow. My God, God gives us all. Are you seeing that? Do you know if I stay on those thoughts for one month, a boldness will come upon me eh, that there are things I'll be expecting that, that when someone hears it, they will say, you're yeah, a thief. Yeah. Do you know what this means? This means from what I just made, how many of you heard my meditation? You see, after a while, it was not just me. It was the Lord putting thoughts in my head. And in fact, I, I you know, when I meditated for that, and I remember I stayed on this for one hour, I began to see, I would, I could walk into a place and carry so much favor. People would just rush to give me things. I could walk into a place and I said, Alert will just be. <laughs> to the point that it's not just that I have that, I can extend, I can begin to speak and say, Alert, enter everybody's phone here and Alert will just because it's, I magnetize abundance. From that meditation, are you seeing that really when we say money is the issue, it's not really money is the issue. We are the issue. Our minds are the issue. Can we see that the problem with provision is not really that God, that people are stingy of it. That's not the problem. The problem is that our minds are not open enough to receive from God. That our minds cannot handle, our minds cannot think enough, our minds cannot be consistent enough in thoughts. Do you know because, if, think about it, you know, if I really believed, and I'm saying this because I'm meditating, it doesn't mean I believed it all. Meditation is a process. You keep doing it till you get to a point. As my papa would say, you get to a point that you will roar. You will just find yourself screaming it. You know? <laughs> so, it just means, you know, you can stay on those thoughts hmm? to the point where you believe them. And when you believe them, it's just a realization. It just, just dawns on you. You may just burst out, just laughing, just shouting. And I wonder what happens. There's a way, do you know there's a confidence you just have? You just be so expectant of money. Did they, anyone that tells you, ah, there's no money, say, hey, shut up, shut up, shut up. There's money, there's money. You know, there's a way you'll be thinking. There's money, there's money. Oh, there's money. If I, prosperity is not about, <laughs> it's not tied to people. Your prosperity is not tied to circumstances. Your prosperity is not tied to people around you. Not the country you live in. Your prosperity is tied to the world. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a student. Your prosperity is tied to the world. Makatayada. Oh, glory to God. Hmm. Your prosperity is tied to the word. Are you seeing that? So we can't complain. Are you seeing that when we have issues and we're complaining, we're just wasting our time? Because we, from what we've studied so far about meditation, it is a short thing. If I meditate, you see, after that, what was that? You know, it's just a mindset change. And when that mindset changes, my actions will also change. My expectations will change. My words will change. My behavior will change. Even my friends will change. Everything, meditation changes everything around me. 
I become bolder. I become more confident. The way I talk, the way I walk. Before you know it, I'm not intimidated anymore. The kind of people I begin to attract in my life are different. That's the truth. This is the power of meditation. That's just, we're just talking about That's just one verse of scripture. Just one verse. Just one verse. For trust for people to get saved. Well, that one is still somebody's will. You know, so, but you can meditate to a point where, how will I put it? People find it harder to resist your words. There's a wisdom that flows from your mouth when you talk. There are certain things that you can influence. Remember, meditation, first of all, will change you before changing things around you. It's as a result of you changing that things around you will align to adjust to that change. Are you seeing that? Things around you will align. They must, they will align. They will adjust to the change. Maka to silly. Just a verse. I use just a verse. Just one verse. We've not even looked at my God shall do exceedingly abundantly above what you may ask or think. That one, we've never, we've never entered that one. We've never entered that one. Hi. Kai. We've not touched that one. Hi. You can meditate and run out of your house. You just you run out. It's true. When you med you actually become meditation brings madness. Because really, madness is the state of God's word. Madness is actually the true way of being. This complacent, like a dicical kind of mindset is actually the madness that we don't have. That is actually the sanity. God's word is the sanity. Your reality now is the madness. <laughs> Imagine if this is what you're not staying on. Can you see why meditation is good, sweet? Because you're just lost. I just go, I could have stayed there for another hour. You just get lost. After a while, it just takes over, and then it's now it's no longer you thinking, thinking, and, and it is now God supplying the thoughts. Say, see, say, see, God, God is doing, this one is too small. See this one, see this one. Look at that one. Hey, look at that one. Look at that one. Yeah. And my God shall supply all your needs according to the vision of by Christ. How about that one? Ha ha. Hey. Hey. President, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as you so prosper. How about that one? Ah. Too many texts. You can spend one day on one verse and you will still not exhaust it. You enter the two, the three, the four, the five. Ah. <laughs> uh. Go on. That's why you have to read, and you see, as you are reading, you begin to see the verses. Because not, every, for example, you will not go meditate on, on, on Andrew that's hanging himself. You will not meditate on that one. Uh, for the things uh, they not say, that one do so likewise. And I will meditate, and he hung himself. This I hung. Said, see how the rope looked. The rope was. Uh -uh. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. Though. You understand? <laughs> uh, but you can actually meditate yourself into a realm. <laughs> you know, I was telling someone today when she came. I said. That a true worshiper is a person that meditates. A person, we're talking about worshippers. A worshiper that meditates is a dangerous worshiper. A worshiper that meditates will receive songs that are create <laughs> songs like this. Say that you know, there's some songs that you know this came. There are two ways songs can come. One is by revelation direct, that is tongue interpretation or direct revelation. Another one is meditation. They say when you meditate like this, a song will come. When you sing that song, that song is pure. You know that, that there are some songs that when you start to chant them, ha, 
you know, is hey, the presence of God does say, hey, wait there, 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 you, you meditated. He said in the night watches. <laughs> hey, that thing that refuses to leave your mind. You are just meditating. You are staying like this. You say, I'm going to watch you spend time on. Just spend time. Just meditating. You meditate on that, that night. You meditate on the, the songs, on the meaning. And you just keep on meditating. Ah, ah. Somewhere along, I don't like Songs begin to break out. Songs begin to break out. Songs begin to break out. Deep songs like this. Songs that when people hear, they say, no, 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 no. Songs that change people. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. Meditate. Don't care which area of your life is not working. Oh, rapatuni makala matini nasa. Ozim brada nakadara. Sitado gusush. Hey. You can meditate on a situation. You can meditate on hala para. You know, it's the same way you can know things about people. You can pick a word of knowledge. What is word of knowledge? A knowledge about somebody. Knowledge about somebody. You can pick a person's picture. Put it in your front and begin to meditate on that person. You will meditate for you know everything will be bam. Just open up to you like this. You begin to see. You begin to know. You can sit down and meditate and things will just begin to show up. <laughs> Amen. We've not even, how many verses have we even read? But I love this text. When I remember you upon my bed, I meditate on thee in the night watches because you have been, and look at it, because you have my, been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings, I will rejoice. Are you seeing that? Now look at this. It says, because you have been my help, therefore, in the shadow of thy wings, I will rejoice. In other words, I will ponder. And one of the things you can meditate on is God's goodness. You meditate on the word, but you can also meditate on God's goodness. The word is the main meditation, but then, as an extract, you can meditate on God's goodness. You can begin to think of God's goodness. Meditate and remember and imagine and ponder on what happened. As you're doing that, more insight comes on what really happened. And by that, what happens? You know, you know, it, 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 it brings more to your remembrance. Then verse 8, it says, My soul follows hard after thee. Thy right hand upholds me. Are you seeing that? Why does my soul follow hard after you? Because I meditate. <laughs> so why should my soul follow hard? He said, follow hard. If you think about the word follow hard, it means pursues. Violently, I go after you, Lord. I, you know, I'm aggressive towards following you. My soul goes hard. <laughs> goes hard after you. It goes hard. Oh, kaparabadadas. Hey, sapadana. My soul goes hard. Hey. Obviously, you should go back. This text, you know what? If you go back and meditate on these things, what you receive, will be, you'll be shocked at how different they are from what my, because there's still more. You can never over meditate any text. Rather, you can only continue your meditation. You can build up on your meditation. That's how the word of God is. <laughs> hey. Psalm 77, verse 12, I will meditate also on all thy works and talk of thy doings. So I will meditate on what you have done and talk about it. So the result, how will I talk about what you have done? I will meditate on it. <laughs> hey, Psalm 104, verse 34, my meditation on, of him shall be sweet <laughs> because it is sweet. I will be glad of the Lord. <laughs> he said, Psalm 119, verse 15, I will meditate in, in thy precepts and have respect unto your will. I see there's so much about meditation in the Psalms. <laughs> hey. Psalm 119.23, princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant didn't meditate in thy statutes. Are you seeing that? Because verse 22 says, remove, me, remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. 
princes, that means those in authority, have also also did sit and speak against me, but your servant did meditate in your status. In other words, what do you do when people speak against you? You meditate on God's word. You don't stay on what they are saying. You meditate on God's word. You are fixated on God's word. God's word becomes your reality. Glory to God. God's word becomes your reality. Hallelujah. Oh, crap. Psalm 11948, you can check that out. Hmm. Psalm 11978, let the proud be ashamed, for they dealt perversely with me without a cause, but I will, I will meditate in your presence. Are you seeing that? He's telling you, I will focus. Rather, with everything going on around me, I will choose not to focus on those things. I will focus on you. Oh, <laughs> look at Psalm 119 verse 97. Oh, how love I your law. It is my meditation all the day. Are you seeing this? Notice it's either day and night or all the day. Are you seeing all the texts on meditation are saying the same thing? I meditate on it all the day. It is found in my mind all the day, every day, all the time, consistently. Do you know this thing? The implication of this thing is that you don't have too much time for, for nonsense. Of course, there are times you may need to go out and do other things. You may need to go on social media for some reason. You may need to relax. But he's saying that, you know, you can get to a point whereby your relaxation becomes meditation. Now, was, I had a stressful day. People gossiped about me. People insulted me at work. People said things about me and everything. I'm feeling sad. What do I do? I just go back to what? To meditate on God's word. To, to, to go over what God has said about me. And from there, I'm strengthened. From there, I become that tree planted by rivers of water that yields its fruit in the season and its leaves don't turn brown. Oh, glory to God. Dash. <laughs> Psalm 119 verse 99. I have more understanding than all my teachers for your testimonies are my what? Meditation. Are you seeing that? <laughs> your testimonies are what? My meditation. Why do I have more understanding than all my teachers? Because I meditate. <laughs> Hey, he's seen that. So now he's all my teachers. Hey, Gala Daridas Catalada. He says, Psalm 119, verse 148. He says, My eyes, right? My eyes precede the night watches or prevent the night watches that I might meditate on your word. Are you seeing that? In other words, <laughs> I don't give myself sleep. <laughs> that I may what meditate on your word. <laughs> I see how some people are addicted to this thing. Look at this, David. I don't give myself sleep that I may meditate on your on your word. Can you say? Can you imagine that? <laughs> hey God, Psalm one four three verse five. I meditate. I remember the days of old. Hence, I meditate. I meditate on all your works. I muse. Notice the word I say. I muse. And that word for meditate, I muse. Are you seeing that? I muse, I ponder, I speak, I think about it, I utter on the works of your hands, what you have done. Are you seeing that? <laughs> I muse. Uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> Look at Isaiah chapter 33 verse 18. I think this is a negative verse, but it says, Thy heart, your heart, shall what? Meditate terror. Shall think upon, can ponder upon terror. Shall intensely focus on you understand terror. Okay, that's a that's a negative text. Okay. Mark chapter 13, verse 11. But when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what you shall speak, neither do you premeditate with whatever you shall be given. What's he saying? You don't that means don't think beforehand. So you see that word that's a premeditate. That means don't try to ponder. So think about it. Imagine you have a speech and looking at what will I say. 
that process of what will I say when you begin to think, that is the form of meditation. Are you seeing that? Aha. I'm trying to use as many pictures as I can paint from the word. Okay? <laughs> Luke 21 verse 14. Settle it therefore not in your hearts, not to meditate before what you shall answer. The same thing as Mark 11, 13 verse 11. Now look at this. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 15. It says, this is Paul, who after he finished saying a lot to Timothy, a lot of things to Timothy, he now says, meditate upon these things. That means ponder, think on, imagine on all these things. So he had instructed Timothy. He had actually written the whole of First Timothy to him. He now tells him, says, meditate on these things. In other words, he says, if you like, if after I written all these things, if you don't meditate on them, you won't get the best. He says, meditate, stay on these things, ponder on these things. He look at look at what he says. See what he says. See, look at that. Just look, 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 look at your Bible. Look at your Bible. Look at that. Look at that. Just look at that. He says what? Give yourself holy. Give yourself to it. Hold nothing back. Surrender yourself to those thoughts. Drown yourself. Die in it. Give yourself holy. That is so, submerge yourself in these thoughts. The things I've said, that means read this book more than 400 times. Read it over and 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 over. Let it become dominant. Let it dominate your thinking. Let it shut down all that thinking. It says, bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. In other words, make every thought obedient. Submerge other thoughts. Your thoughts are not supposed to be a free field where anything just roams. No. <laughs> Your thoughts are meant to be a garrison, well guarded. Where every thought that comes is inspected. Say, hey, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. Get out. You don't let any, you don't leave any room for anyone else to occupy. It's guarded consistently. It's always guarded. How do you guard it? By engaging it, your mind. And this is why you can listen to sermons and get nothing from there because your mind is not engaged. You're not pondering, you're not thinking on those verses. You can listen to a sermon, you, you can, as you listen to it, you stop. Look, if you have meditated on the sermon, you can listen to it for listening sake, but then you should actually listen to it. You hear, say, ah, no, 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 go back, listen, what is that? You play it again, rewind. Hey, wait, wait, rewind. Rewind, rewind, rewind. What is it? Till he enters. Then he press play again. Go again. Can I rewind 40, 40 times, 50 times in one, one distance. Because you're like, ah, that has to enter. That's why a book may be preferable, sir. If you're reading a book, you understand. Hi! Sit down on it. I was reading one book this morning like this. Eh? I didn't even pass the first, maybe four, something like maybe four hundred. But the first 15, I was still there. There was one page I was on, I was just staying on for like 10 minutes. Which kind? Which kind of wizardry or trickery is this? What kind of magic is this? Just stay on that thing. Just do you, you know? You meditate like this. You see something. You get up. Say, just get up and just walk away. Just come back again and sit down. Say, what? Just, just enter. Just enter. Just enter. Just meditate. Says, give yourself wholly to it. To meditate is to give yourself. You leave nothing else. You are separated like Isaac. Oh, yeah. 
from everything else. You are quiet. You are there. What are you doing? Just there. Just on the word. Just on that teaching. Just on that sermon. Just on thoughts. Just meditating. Giving yourself to it. Pondering over and over. You don't want to, you want to make sure you get all the details. You didn't miss anything. It says, when you do this, say that your words, that your profiting might appear to all. That is, your advancement, your progress might be evident to all. How will you progress? By meditation. But there's progress that is evident to all, not evident to yourself. That everybody is, it's not you that we're saying, ah, you have changed, you have changed. It's people that are saying, man, no, you have changed. We actually see you've changed. We see something has happened to your love work. We can't understand it. I've done everything to annoy you. I cannot annoy you. What's the matter? Before you used to be king of scarcity and lack. Now you can't even, no matter how you find it, you cannot admit that you have lack. What is the matter? Those things are revelation. It's not something that does, you just try to cook up and try to pretend. No, we're trying to pretend the word. Trying to pretend the word. Trying to pretend it works. No, no, it's a lie. We're not pretend the word. It is it's evident. It's, it's, uh, it is what everybody sees. You say, no, no, no. You can't deny it. It's clear to everybody that this person has changed. So much light. It's just changing. It's just changing. It's just seeing areas of your life just changing. Ah, just changing. It's the same thing for the miraculous, for healing, for all those things. You're not seeing results in this area. They say, well, this person only heard this person ever healed. The next thing, what are you doing? You go and you go back to your crawl closet and begin to chant. Let me say this. No matter which area of your life that you think you're succeeding at, spiritual, there's always more. There's always a time to say, you know what? I think I'm seeing some success. This is nonsense. There's more in God. You separate yourself from everything else again. You go back and pick those ancient texts and study them. Begin to go over them over and over again. You go over, over. You don't rush. You don't rush. It's a process you don't rush. You go over, 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 over. Stay on it, stay on it, stay on it, stay on it. Stay on it. Stay on it. Stay on it. Take it around with you if you have to move around. Come back, stay on it. Provide time, stay on it, stay on it. You do that consistently over a period of time. Until you begin to see. Just realize. And let me say this. When you stay on the word like that, stay on the word. When it was healing, maybe before you see someone like a cripple, you see a cripple and you're like, ah, no, no, no. You stay on that thing, stay on that thing, stay on that thing. You begin to find scripture, say, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. You begin to stay on text like that. Stay, 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 stay. stay. You begin to look, go to the one of Peter on, at the gates called Beautiful, where he says, silver and good have I not. You imagine yourself as the one saying it. But what I have, I give you. You see yourself saying the name of Jesus, walk. You are speaking in tongues. You are uttering. You are speaking in tongues. You are thinking on it. You are praying on it. You are thinking. It gets to a point whereby you are the one. You will, you will literally, you may have a small mini trance or a vision. You will see yourself saying to him. You will see the boldness. You will hear the anger in your voice. Quack. Then you will see yourself hold him by the hand and pull him up. That thing is meditation. Then what happens is when you get, meditation makes you uncomfortable with your current situation. Your current world. Remember, now from your way, your way prosperous is that you will break out, break out of that other level of thinking. Because what is holding you back is your thinking. There's a way meditation will grab you like this. You pray more. You see now, you begin to pray more. 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 God there's a boldness that envelops you when when you meditate. You get to pray. You're just a bold person. You're just bold. 
The same thing that made you timid that you are afraid of, you just look at it. What is this? You can so meditate on protection like this. Eh? Hi! Telling you, there's a way this thing works. It's not, you are seeing there's the, this is the pathway to every, every manifestation you've ever seen in the Bible. This thing is the pathway. It is the door. Don't care which area of, of, of life is not really supernatural. Because I said every conduct is supernatural. Whichever area, whatever path you are not seeing results in, whichever path you want to see results in, this is the way. You will meditate. You will stay as you meditate and meditate and meditate and meditate and stay on the word. It gets to a point that your mind, your mind is so full of the word, you'll just be lost in imagination. Your imagination will just be gone. It will be like in another world of fantasy. Your thoughts will just be roaming. You'll just be seeing possibilities. You will stay on that one. When you get into that zone too, you will now stay and stay and stay and stay. Your emotions are there. You'll be feeling everything. You will just be there's like an experience out of this world. You'll be stay there, stay there, stay there, stay there. The problem is some people stop. You don't stop. You stay and stay and stay and stay. You get into a place. It gets to a point you start to just mutter. You just have to talk. You just have to say something. Just mutter, mutter. Just talk, talk, talk. You continue. You mutter, mutter. Keep talking. The muttering is not you that will put these words in your mouth. As a result of you continually meditating, there are words that will just begin to come out of your mouth. There are words that are by the spirit. Just be, you just be, you just be talking. Just the muttering, small. Just the muttering. Just saying some words. Just saying words. I have my dominion in Christ Jesus. I'm, I'm unkillable. I'm like God. Just begin to say some words. I'm telling you. Then you can get to a place. What my papa calls the last one. You just roar. Where the thing don't enter. You just, you just get, as you continue, you can be, now this can be for days. You can say one hour, I'll do it one hour in the morning, I'll do it in the night. You can be throughout the day, whichever one, but you continue. The point is you continue. You don't stop every day. You continue. You pick a quiet time, a place, and you just continue. Be consistent. Day and night, or throughout the day, or whichever one, but be consistent. Continue, continue, continue. You just see yourself entering get two of the thing. Some things will start happening to you. You understand? Before you, you know, sometimes you may just, after you, are, you may just begin to burst out laughing. You just begin to shout in, I know who I am. I can never lack. You know, it just enters you. At that point, when you get that place, there's whatever it is that you believe for, you've already gotten it. Even in the place of faith, whatever you're trusting God for, and you begin to meditate on that thing with the car or whatever, you begin to ponder, you begin to see it and see it and see it and see the scriptures about that car, how you have no like, how you're supplied, how God riches gives you all things you enjoy. You now put the now let me say this in meditation, things become verses become personal. He gives me a car to enjoy. He gives me any car I want. You begin to stay on it, stay on it, to the point. The car becomes real. You begin to see yourself match break and all those things. <laughs> begin to see it. That phone that you're, phone, before you know it, you begin to play with the phone. You see yourself using social, using things, making calls with the phone. You don't even know when you put your hand to your ear. At that point, where you are just, there's just a certainty I have it. No matter what, at that point, it's, too, it's just settled in your mind. At that point, you have actually believed. Because meditation brings belief. Meditation brings acceptance of God's word. Meditation overcomes the obstacles in your mind about God's word. Meditation conquers the barriers of unbelief in your, in your mind. Because the reason why you have not seen that thing that you are trusting God for, or that area in your life, is because you actually don't believe God's word. Meditation breaks the barriers. Meditation, the more you engage it and you begin to explore, and more thoughts begin to come that open up that word, and it's like it's being explained to you, more and more light, more understanding begins to come, more expansion, more growth. It gets to a point, it just blows up. You just, you now believe. At that point, it's conviction. At that point, it cannot be stolen from you. 
at that point is a reality to you. At that point, you are sure. At that point, no one can talk you out of it. At that point, you begin to do it with ease. Whatever part it is in life or the supernatural, whatever it is, you begin to see that manifestation. If it was a miniature of angels, you begin to see them most. If you've ever experienced angelic ministry, when you do that, at a point, you begin to see them physically or, or you begin to, some things begin to happen. You begin to see them in a much stronger manifestation. That's what happens. That's what happens. <laughs> My, that's what happens. Meditation leads you to, into a train of thoughts that cements them into your subconscious. It just leads you to a place. It cements them. It makes them real to you. God's word becomes real to you. Meditation brings about personal realizations that set you free. Remember, it's not about, it's not about what someone else realizes.